Welcome back, everybody. Did you miss us? We missed you. This is our second part of which fictional universe would you least want to live in? Have you listened to part one yet? If not, we'll wait. Seriously, we'll wait. You're back? Great. So did you love part one? Because we loved recording it for you. Uh, and we're all still here, of course. Uh, let me introduce all the gang one more time. We have Matt. I'm participating. We have Colleen. Oh my god, Matt, really. We have JP. <laughs> I uh, I got nothing, man. We got Callie. <laughs> we got Rachel. <laughs> I, make, I make no excuses for him. And we got Ed. I can't follow those up. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I'm Josh, welcoming you back for the second episode of Season 3. Remember to please listen to us through Potable. Help us... Uh, Raise the stats, raise the analytics, and get a new studio, and they will help you out. And, of course, our sponsor for this entire shindig is Handsome Jack, because Borderlands is a horrible universe you'd never want to live in. So with that said, time for some more horrible universes. Oh! And just like in round one, Callie, get the ball rolling, please. All right. So last time, um, I started with Bioshock Infinite. I'm going to keep on my video game theme, um, and let's move on to Raccoon City. So, for those of you who have somehow lived a rock most of your life and never played a Resident Evil, uh, Raccoon never City... Never be me! Hello, rock lover. I call it a boulder. <laughs> boulder is better. <laughs> um, but Resident Evil set in Raccoon City, um, over the course of the 90s, somehow several outbreaks of deadly viruses occur in the same small town. Um, clearly there's something wrong here. There are zombies everywhere. Um, there's an ineffective city. Um, you have ineffective city council members, uh, police officers, mayors who are making these decisions that are just making matters worse. Um, you have crazy scientists who are injecting themselves with viruses, not to mention zombies, just running around and basically killing everybody. And even the people who are trying to help end up getting infected and um, taking out any other um, helpful people in the process. So like any post, most, well, this isn't even post-apocalyptic, but um, just the idea of living in a society where there are zombies and cannibalism and you're constantly fighting for your life and you don't know who's infected, how to stop the infection. It seems like a downhill battle um, or a significantly long uphill climb, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, to me, zombie, any kind of zombie universe is not one you want to live in. Resident Evil is just really, I guess it rings true to me because it was the first video game I played in probably, I think I was in middle school, and I had nightmares from playing the video game. Um, so this, this is one of the first universes I thought of that I would definitely not want to be a part of. So um, was, it, was it Colleen or Rachel who said they would never survive in Middle Earth? That was Colleen. Colleen. Yeah, Colleen. yeah I, would, I would never survive in a, in a, a zombie universe. So this is my Middle Earth. Ironically for me, I feel like I probably would survive in Resident Evil just because I'd be, I, I would be like those, you know, like that part of Shaun of the Dead before he, when he's clueless before he realizes what's going on. That would be me. Like that random NPC just wandering aimlessly in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Colleen obviously has ink ribbons for the typewriter. That's why she would survive. Absolutely. You know, Resident Evil. She didn't get the joke. <laughs> well, no, she hasn't played. Not. She hasn't played uh, Resident that Evil. Went away over my head. So you couldn't, save, you couldn't save the game in the original ones without ink ribbons for typewriters. Oh, that makes sense. And the thing is, Resident Evil, the first three games were strictly survival horror, and it was like really awkward camera angles and jump scares, and for the time was incredibly scary. Resident Evil Four made the franchise into an action franchise, still kind of scary, but not more action oriented. But has anybody here played or watched footage from Resident Evil 7? I've seen footage. Uh, it looks amazing. Oh my god. So I, have, I haven't played it, but I've seen the footage. Resident Evil 7, which you can get in VR if you want to really crap your pants. <laughs> it's back to survival horror again, and you are basically stuck in this man... It's basically like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You're in a mansion with bayou hillbillies that are also incredibly murderous and maybe zombie-like. And that's it. You just have to find a way out. And oh my god, apparently it's 10 hours of the scariest experience you'll ever have while gaming, especially if you do it in VR. So if you want a catharsis, if you will, go for it! 
Or if you've just uh, had a really, really good day, you want to see what it's like <laughs> having a day. Go ahead and play. That's true. Uh, which which um, Resident Evil, I think it was, maybe it's a different game series, I don't remember, but where you had to rescue some dude's daughter. And That's like, uh, you... Resident Evil 4, the president's daughter. Yep. Uh, yeah. Resident okay, Evil 4 one. introduced an incredibly scary enemy called a regenerator. Uh, when you first encounter them, you shoot them in the head and then they come right back to life like Robert Patrick's character in Terminator 2. You have to basically <laughs> chop off all their limbs and then like Oh yeah, yeah, it's um I played the intro to that one and Yeah. I was on edge from the very beginning. Like I didn't want to walk into the little house because I knew something was gonna jump out at me and then I kept trying to use my gun like it was a sword, so that was very ineffective. <laughs> and then <laughs> I, I I used to play a lot of Fable, and so I was like, why is it more? Oh yeah, hello, shoot, not swing. Uh, and and then and then and then I got my head cut off by a chainsaw. I was doing a lot of yelling. <laughs> chainsaw guy has killed everybody who played that game at least once. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's yeah. in the first level. Good. Grief. Yeah, he is. I was like my my one and only you know exposure to Resident Evil, and I was just like, and I'm done. I'm gonna go back to playing Fable, where I can run around like naked and with a frying pan and hit people. I'm cool with that. <laughs> that sounds like something you know. somebody would do in Florida. Bad <laughs> <laughs> salt will mess you up, man. <laughs> They're very gritty. They get everywhere. <laughs> the herpes uh, of Florida. No, um. Which is actually no, that's herpes. just herpes. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> no offense to Floridians. Like Resident Evil would like a simple solution, like be like if you were transported into that like universe, just kind of like you know to be like, no, thank you. Walk around, just turn around, and, like keep walking until you're not there anymore. Yeah, you'd be like, I'm, I'm done. I'm out. Well, contrastly, you could be in the Last of Us universe and it'd already be post-apocalyptic. Yeah, that's that's some <laughs> well, bad truth. Well, that's the case. Then I'm going to Disney World. Woo! I mean, talk about worlds you don't want to live in. What if you're stuck in It's a Small World and you just can't get out of It's a Small World? No, I would stab oh. my eardrums out. Uh, just small out. world, bang! Yeah, no. Uh, that reminds me, uh, my first year teaching, they did a Stop the Bop fundraiser, and they would play a song over the intercom, and it got stuck on Hey Mickey, You're So Fine for three days. Oh my I god. Still, my wife is in the background who said, I still hate that song, but she was so <laughs> What did it? But did it blow your mind? One hit wonder. Oh, I think <laughs> See, if I were that school, I would have been the science department, and I would have done it. She blinded me with science and kept doing that song over and over again. No. Until you've raised a thousand dollars for charity. Exactly. <laughs> and then <laughs> you play. And I ran. I ran so <laughs> far away. We're full of '80s references today. We're like Stranger Things. Oh my god, it's because it's like the best decade ever. Did all of us originate in the 1980s? I did. I did. Yep. Woo! Yes. That's like when when we came into being. (laughs) No, I lived lived through most of the 80s. I was born in 84. I I, I would say definitely that I am a 90s child, but yes, Yes. I was born in 86. 87, so yeah, there you go. I was born in 86. 84. Yep. All we're right. all 80s kids. Sweet. Woo! I mean, we're 90s, kind of, but we're 80s. Anyway, um, we came out of the Reagan years. Woo! Reagan oh, up. <laughs> Don't let me worry about blank. Or, and speaking I'm sorry, I of, it up. And speaking <laughs> of... Uh, it up. That was uh, your one shot. I missed it. Just, and speaking just of decrepit figures blank. in bad dystopian societies, uh, Ed, you have the floor. I do. <laughs> And I'm going a little more lighthearted uh, in this round as well. And uh, a series that I'm really, really uh, passionate about, as has been noted many times, I'm going with the Dragon Ball universe. That is a terrible place to live. And uh, you would at first think, no, it, it's it's not that bad. You've got the Dragon Balls. They can bring you back to life if something really goes <laughs> wrong, but only once. Uh, you know, through the course of the entire franchise, there's been multiple supervillains who have come through, destroyed entire cities at, at one go. Uh, just you boo. know, I boo! I love him. Boo yeah. did the boo did a move called the Humanity Extinction uh, Attack that he just stood on top of Kami's lookout and fired energy blasts down onto the Earth, killing every single person on Earth in the and span how many, of like. 
How many episodes did that take? Uh, that, that one was only like six minutes. No, that one was only like six minutes. <laughs> but but uh, throughout the entire course of the thing, there have been, uh, you know, instances, like I said, where cities get destroyed, you know, just people die, bad deaths. And, you know, there's a lot of comedic elements to the show, but there's a really violent, dark things like when uh, first forms... Oh, Saiyans aren't violent and dark? What? Well, I'm not even just talking about the Saiyans. <laughs> like when Cell came back to the past and, you know, he was legit just going down into cities, uh, killing people and sucking them up. Like, <laughs> you know, I forgot about that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was like a horror scene. And that's just the baseline stuff. And then there have been tyrants coming from out of space, you know, wanting to either destroy the Earth or take over the Earth. Uh, you know, and there's been instances where the Earth has been destroyed, at least two in the main continuity. So that means everybody on Earth during that time. And you don't you, you think about it. There's so many hundreds of episodes. But this is all during the course of Goku's life that all these villains come through, the Earth has been destroyed at least twice. It's a terrible freaking place to live. <laughs> Was the Earth destroyed to make way for an intergalactic highway? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> well, maybe no, it, was. it was. You just, just couldn't understand it. Well, and, and then, uh, the, the, the thing about the Dragon Balls, if you want to factor in the GT portion of it, and I did enough research to know, like, the overuse of the Dragon Balls corrupted them, and then they became the Shadow Dragons, which also tried to destroy the Earth. So, well, I, mean, I the- didn't totally understand that, because, look, even in the very earlier episodes when they're first using the Dragon Balls, every time they call forth a dragon, he just seemed so pissed off. Like, you just, like, to be bothered. Like, you interrupted him in, like, the middle of his, like, favorite soap opera, and he's so ticked off. To be fair, I think the um, first time the dragon was called, uh, Pilaf was trying to wish for immortality or something, and then Oolong rushed in there and wished for women's panties. Um, Colleen, I, I have a question now. What does a dragon soap opera look like? Chase of our lives, but you know, with dragons. Hey, it's a story of fire and ice, remember? <laughs> oh, God. So, see what I mean? And that's why I totally understand it, why the dragon, after this after this trope is used a billion times, it's just like, you know what? Screw all of you. I'm going evil. I got it. I got it. In a dragon soap opera, they would use the pickup line, you're the wind beneath my wings. No. Ooh. Assuming that dragons have wings, because in Chinese mythology, they do not. Yeah, Shinron did not have wings. Josh, you have to scale up your puns for this one. Oh... Oh. Uh, Am I fired? <laughs> uh, wow. I, I, I yes, will yes. I will say um, that as bad of a place as that universe would be to live in, though, it does have a pretty major redeeming quality when it comes to the everyday life there. And I, I, I think it's it's in vast uh, contrast to a lot of the other worlds that we've referenced because it, it seems yeah they've got freaking dinosaurs <laughs> well okay that too they had, uh, the dragon. They had yeah. a cat a, was it a dog a dog president i believe in one time but anyway go ahead yeah anyway I uh, what that. i was gonna say was it, it it is a a place that for the most part seems very free of repression of people based on based on gender or ethnicity or species in this case and there's a lot of uh, equal opportunity aspect where if you work hard at what you're trying to do you will get good at it and possibly become the best in the world at it just completely unbridled oh my god and does anybody else have the main song from karate, karate kid, kid the best in the world <laughs> back to the <laughs> 80s again yeah. and i'm just thinking of, like the- dragon ball z montages it's the one time I actually tried to make a serious point, and I paid you. <laughs> no, I agree with you, though. I agree. <laughs> Sweep the legs. <laughs> Colleen, you were my favorite right up until you did that. <laughs> but, okay, jo- Josh does make a good point, though. But is it is is the trade-off worth all of the annihilation? I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's the same with MCU, right? I mean, it's cool. You can hang out with these characters, but all the annihilation. I don't know. I, I would I would say uh, it could be a a uh, nomination a nominee for least objectionable of the <laughs> ones mentioned tonight. Well, okay, I'll put this out there: Is there any universe with dragons that we want to live in? Yes, How to Train Your Dragon. I agree okay, with that's her. a good one. Really <laughs> good one. Yes, it does. I love the soundtrack to those films. I agree. <laughs> and Craig Ferguson. No, uh, 
Yes, <laughs> it, indeed. And uh, Gerard, uh, Gerard Butler. Gerard Butler! Yes. <laughs> and uh, Toothless is like the cutest dragon ever. Oh. See? I want what is how to dragon dragon I really want to get a costume for my dog to be toothless, but she would just growl at me, shake it off, and look at me with side eye. There, there's <laughs> also the universe of Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. Ooh, oh, yes. God. I mean, the, you, you don't you'll never see a dragon in there, but that's because it no. was hidden. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then there's dragon in Oh, yeah, yes. Mulan. Mushu. Yes. You know, retroactively watching. Uh, Mulan is difficult because I only hear Donkey talking through uh, <laughs> Mushi's yeah. voice. So There's, yeah. there is that, but I am when I think about it, I am very impressed with how progressive they were with yeah. the whole like cross dressing. Oh no, that was a fantastic film. Yeah, yeah, it was good. And my mom want me to point out right now that Donny Osmond is the singing voice of our hero. Yes. Um. Oh, I'll make a man out of you. Yeah, that's best song of the movie. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Re- reflection. I did not know the, that. Yeah, Donny Osmond is the singing yep. voice. No, he's not the vo- he's not the, the dialogue voice, but he's the singer. Right. Yeah. And fun facts you never thought you'd hear. Fact: My first CD was the Mulan soundtrack. Nineteen ninety-seven, I think. Yeah. My first right. cassette was the Lion King soundtrack. Oh, what? mine was Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. My first CD was the Lost World soundtrack. Uh, funny that John Williams, right? <laughs> <laughs> of course, uh, Biggie Wong did the voice for Shane, and Ming Na Wen of, uh, among other things, Agents of Shield was Mulan. So yes, she yes. was. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It's definitely worth watching. Yeah. For the record, my first CD was the number one hits of Billy Joel. No, sorry. And uh, in the uh, promotional music videos in China, Jackie Chan did the I'll Make a Man Out of You song. Mandarin and Cantonese. That's so cool. I like that yes. version. That's really cool. Yeah, I've seen that. It was trippy. Well, Colleen, yeah. I mean, with Jackie Chan, I mean, you're next up. Are you going to talk about his classic franchise that was like, I forget the title, but you mentioned it to me before, where it's like Operation Condor? Yes, like, Operation best, Condor. Best Best two movies ever made. <laughs> is that your next pick, or are you going to go somewhere else? <laughs> no, because cause those movies are awesome. I just want to point that out. Uh, <laughs> so, so that's kind of like not what we're talking about. So, uh, yeah, my next one for a universe that I would not want to live in would be Groundhog Day. <laughs> for obvious reasons. I mean, I guess you could argue plus or minus. It depends on your point of view, right? So if you're the, you know, if you're not the main character, then you don't mind, right? Because you don't realize that basically you are reliving the same day over and over and over at infinity, right? Uh, you're completely clueless. But if you are the main character, then you slow, like Bill Murray's character does, you're going crazy. Because <laughs> you're reliving the same day for eternity. On the other hand, if you're in Groundhog Day and you realize you're in Groundhog Day, you get two benefits. A, you can spend time learning something, truly mastering anything you want. That's the more highbrow benefit. Ooh, yeah. The lowbrow, the lowbrow benefit, which he, he learns piano, by the way, that way. Yeah. The lowbrow benefit is you can do whatever the hell you want with no consequences. Which is what Ooh. he does, too, when he, like, steals the groundhog. And goes on a joyride with him. Exactly. But, I mean, you can do whatever you want. It's Grand the Theft Auto. Is, oh, I have, I have well, another lowbrow. Go for it. Another lowbrow benefit would be you can bet on all of the basketball games that are being played that day. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, can. Yeah, but do you get to keep the money the next day? Ooh, dang. That's you got to spend it that like, night. It, yeah, it's only only until like that night at midnight, and that's and then the other thing that's not so great is that um, you're stuck in that one small town, or wherever you can get in a day. Right. Well, because in the, in, the, in the movie, it was because of the, the weather. <laughs> they were they were they were snowed in. All the roads were closed uh, going out of the out and into the town, so they were just kind of stuck. So. Um, did Bill Murray try to kill himself in the movie? Yes, he did several and it, times. And it doesn't work, right? No, it's not. What if someone else is killed? I guess that doesn't work either. 
No, I mean, if it was part of their destiny, then yeah, because that, that poor, the, the homeless guy, remember? Yeah. That was one of the lessons that Bill Murray had to learn was that you just, there's some things you can't change. You can't he tried to change. He tried to change that guy's fate, and no matter what he did, uh, it always, that, that, that yeah, individual always So we ended, ended up just dying. giving him a great day and then letting him die. Yeah. So, but anyway, it's just. Uh, but just imagine that. What if you were stuck in a universe like that where you had to live one day over and over and over again at, just for eternity? And no, what if thank it was you. a really boring yeah. day? Like you had to go like do a ton of paperwork at the office? Like... <sighs> or, or like, like 51st days where the whole town had to consciously relive the same day over and over. Oh, oh yeah. Basically any Adam Sandler film. Yeah, I don't want to relive any Adam Sandler films except for like uh, English. Ma- ma- maybe Happy Gilmore. English is the best Adam Sandler film. That's that's a great one. Uh, if we're going to go talk about great Adam Sandler films, then there's I, I liked Mr. Deeds. I love Anger Management. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Deeds was okay. Yeah. You don't mess with the Zohan. Supr- surprisingly, I enjoyed Hotel Transylvania. Both of them. Oh, those are funny movies. They're not bad. They're not bad. I just want to go ahead and mention that uh, Groundhog Day is not true, and because of that movie, of course. And basically, any Groundhog Day loop in any medium is basically just token at this point. Uh, the darkest one I can think of off the top of my head is from an anime manga visual novel called... Uh, when the cicadas cry, or Higurashi no Nakaku Koronu. And I'm not going to say anything else about that, because that's already a teeny tiny spoiler, but yeah, it's super dark. When the cicadas oh, yeah. cry, it happens every 17 years. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a day, though. It's like a month. And uh, it keeps getting reset for, uh, for various reasons. I'll um, I'll add another reference to it from another anime that I might be the only one on panel that's seen, called The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. Oh, in, Lordy. In the second season, there's a sequence of episodes called Endless Eight, yep. and uh, that is the biggest trial of my entire life watching anime, yep. to sit through all eight of those damned episodes, because they relive the same sequence of time. And you find out it's happened hundreds and hundreds of times, maybe even thousands, I can't remember. And uh, the whole point of it is for them to try to figure out the way to break the cycle, and they they reset, they forget everything at the uh, end of that cycle and have to start over again. It it was painful. It's basically the same episode. Slight variants. And of course, JP, us Trekkies, would be remiss if we did not mention the classic Next Gen episode, Cause and Effect, featuring Kelsey Grammer. Indeed. Uh, or, uh, like, there's another there's another anime called The Excel Saga, which is awesome. Oh yeah. my god. We own that, and I own that. I, I want you to know, I have a, uh, I have a t-shirt that's a picture of Minchie's face as yeah. the skull in a skull and crossbones. <laughs> That's awesome. So, and the skull and crossbones are a spoon in the fork. Yes. Oh, yeah, the crossbones are a spoon in the fork. That's so cute. I, fi- I just but- realized that Groundhog Day is basically a roguelike, except not a video game. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, it is. Oh, that is deep, dude. Yeah. I, I Did it inspire the genre? Uh, I want to say the early, the early the eighties early nineties games that were like that probably, but but it's basically a roguelike. I mean, it's you retain yeah. knowledge, but you don't retain anything else. Uh, some some you do, and some you don't. Depends on the Groundhog Day loop. Yeah, of course the there are in, always the like in, in, uh, go ahead. Yeah, in 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 roguelike dungeon games, there's typically a a type of item that is considered enchanted or an artifact that you can keep. For the next time you go through the dungeon again on that roguelike, but in this uh, case, it's the Sunny and Cher song. Uh, yeah, sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> you, the player, will retain the knowledge, but your character may not. Yes, and correct. That's uh, that's how it is in certain other ones. Like again, in, I'm not going to say the Japanese name again because it's long. But in When Cicadas Cry, uh, it's a it's a loop, and in this case. Uh, one, One character, character does retain the knowledge, but the rest do not. And it is, it is not for children, and it's very dark, huh. but it's also a sort of a mystery. 
at the same time. There you go. I'm interested in hearing when cicadas cry. I'm sure it's better than when doves cry. Yeah. Maybe I'll, tell you, I'll probably tell you. Well, there's, there's another spin-off in a different universe called when the uh, seagulls cry. And that's a whole other universe. But anyway. They cry Rachel. on sandy planets when they poop on you on the beach. <laughs> Rachel, how dare you bring up a dark anime? That's true. <laughs> I know. You got started, dude. And by the way, I am now picturing a roguelike video game that's actually Groundhog Day the movie where you play as Bill Murray's character. And the ultimate I, goal is to rescue Puxatani Phil. I think they might have done them as a fan thing at some point. Awesome. Wouldn't be surprised. If it's out there, people, let us know. Uh, but <laughs> speaking of dystopian things that happen over and over again, JP, um, <laughs> uh, what's your next pick? Uh, I hate to disappoint, but the, the segue doesn't fit. I'm not going to talk about dystopian things where stuff happens over and over again. Um, I'm going to talk about uh, dystopian the dystopian world where different things happen over and over again. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to conjure up in honor of uh, my very prominent SpongeBob moment on this show. I'm going to conjure up my best Tom Kenny voice and talk about the city of Townsville. Nice. That has got to be the worst place to just, to just live in. Can you imagine like, uh, some to, to to ever be so jaded that as you're driving to work one day, a giant reptilian monster is destroying the city, and you just honk your horn at it and drive <laughs> by its foot as it tries not to step on you, or you're just trying to get to work. Like it, you live in a world where that is normal. How horrible the place is that. Uh, bringing back point to living in New York City in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I, 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 I get that completely. Uh, every the, that, that, that town gets destroyed every episode by something, whether it's the good guys or the bad guys, it doesn't matter. And the supervillains on that show, most of them were very comical, and and uh, you know Mojo Jojo, of course, was quite incompetent. But they had a couple of villains on there that were actually some really serious bad guys. I, I'm I, I'm reminded specifically of Sedusa, and of course him. Him was out there, oh, man. Oh yeah, Good Lord. Yeah, he he his his ability to psychologically torture the Powerpuff Girls. Well, is nothing short of sadistic. He he created one world and placed them in it where the, nobody needed the Powerpuff Girls and no one could even stand them, and just made them live there for a while. It was oh, it's sick. You know, I was once being sadistically tortured psychologically, but then I walked out of the theater playing Twilight. Oh, uh, uh, how would you pay for that, dude? I actually yes. did see it in the theater, but because one of uh, I was dragged by one of my friends who wanted to see it, uh, and I had no choice because I had no car. Uh, no, there, there is always a choice. Sitting in the bathroom for the entirety of the runtime is a choice. <laughs> so, JP, yeah. you, you make me ask the question then. Would you rather be protected by the Powerpuff Girls or by the Avengers? <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. So, so uh, to to answer this question, um, to be protected by the Avenger by the Avengers, of course, would be awesome, you know. But the the Powerpuff Girls, to the the fact that a, a man of of my stature, six foot three, or around three hundred pounds, being protected by three five year old girls is just <laughs> sad. Well, here, I have a question. That, so, that in means... the in the power in the in the show, did anyone actually die? Uh, actually, yeah, I can feel this one. You remember when they made that uh, really weird, deformed Powerpuff Girl with the purple uh, outfit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she that. she died or ceased to be, and the same thing with Rowdy Rough Boys. So, I guess technically they died. Yeah. Well, compared sure. to the number of people who who die in Marvel. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, if you're going to ask me, uh, which <laughs> whose protection I'd rather live under, uh, which which of those two worlds I'd rather live in, I'd, I'd probably take Townsville. Yeah, you're right. 
Plus, I mean, just being able to have a drink with, you know, Mojo Jojo would just be awesome. <laughs> oh my God. So I, I think I could only handle Mojo Jojo speaking in third person for maybe five minutes, and then I just want to strangle him. I really right. want to see Mojo oh, Jojo. No, no, Mojo and Yoda. Yes. In, in first person, he always refers to himself as I, comma, Mojo Jojo. He's like The Rock. Yeah. I really want to see Mojo Jojo, Yoda, and Gorilla Grodd at a bar. I would, I would absolutely be Mojo's, uh, Mojo's bar buddy. He just, he, com- he comes in, sits down, bandages and bruises on his face. <laughs> I, just, I, I, I buy him a beer, give it to him, and go. How'd they get you this time, man? Welcome to Mo's Tavern. And and to think that they're getting beaten by like a bunch of five-year-old girls. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I'd buy I, I I'd buy him a beer every time just because of what he goes Who's through. Who's the what, more pathetic the character at the bar, Mojo Jojo or Mo Mo Sislak? Uh, wow, <laughs> Josh, I got nothing, man. That that was good. They're I mean they're both so pathetic. Mojo yeah. gets it handed to him on a daily basis, though. I mean, completely. Like they bust open his his helmet that protects his brain, and you see brain coming through. I say Mojo's got it worse. Yeah, uh, that's true. Man, that's ugh, that's a tough one. Although though. Maggie does pack I'm... quite a gun. Uh, she... <laughs> yeah, oh. think of all the Seymour Butts calls. <laughs> yeah. They they have shown just over time how sad Mo's existence is in the you know six hundred and some episodes of The Simpsons. <laughs> that you, oh man, talk about I... a Groundhog Day. The Simpsons is kind of one over and over again. Uh, it's true. Did it. <laughs> I just I just hope that when they do finally end that show it ends with them driving to the Christmas recital that they're driving to in the first episode. Oh, yes. Perfect. The perfect way to end that series. And Mo either finally getting a girlfriend or finally succeeding where he's tried every Christmas to do. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I believe uh, I believe Bill Dotree from uh, from King of the Hill also tried that same thing every Christmas. Yes, God, we, Bill, Bill, no, Bill is the saddest character. I'm sorry, we're we're gonna have to retcon this a little bit. <laughs> Bill is the saddest, and Boomhauer is the hardest to understand. I understand everything he says. I understand most of it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Just like yeah. the guy in the Water Boy. Wow. Oh wow. I feel inadequate now, so uh, I'm gonna hand it off to Rachel so she can make me feel better about myself. <laughs> Uh, Rachel, tell me, uh, I don't know if I can do that. Tell me, well, give me a fictional universe I don't want to live in. Make my life feel better. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go with one that most people are going to have comments about, so I'll keep my description short, and that's Game of Thrones. And for the sake of this particular discussion, I'm going to stick with the TV show because there are small differences, so, you know, in this case, I'm going to stick with the TV show. Another dragon. So basically, yeah. <laughs> If, if you're a dragon, you're probably cool. But more than likely, if you're going to be in Game of Thrones, you're not going to be from one of the great houses. And you're not going to be leading one of the great houses. You're going to be a small folk, which is basically their work peasant. You're basically going to be a farmer or blacksmith or probably a farmer, actually. And so before you even count the ice zombies in the whole mix, you've got all of the, you know, yeah. aforementioned Game of Thrones. You've got all the different vying for, uh, vying for control of the Iron Throne. And the small folk are basically just collateral damage. Basically, George R. R. Uh, George R. 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 Uh, basically studied War Roses when he created this whole world. And he threw a little bit of magic and dragons, and terrifying icons. So, as a small folk, you're basically screwed, because you're basically quite a lot of damage in war time. And then once you start factoring in the other details, the other the other uh, aspects, like the, uh, again, I, I'm just going to call them icons. You're, you're Yeah, I mean, Game of Thrones combines the worst of feudalism and Middle-earth again with much darker characters are going to die. 
So you're a feudal peasant who could get killed not only by your backbreaking labor, but by an incoming dragon or a zombie or just a despotic ruler who happens to be a little brat. Or, 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 or plague. Or plague. Or snow. Or you get kicked in the face by a cow. Yeah. I will say there's a, there is one advantage to Game of Thrones. They do not discriminate against little people. It's not. Yeah, they do. And they have dragons. Um, Even if you were hypothetically a nobleman in that realm, in that universe, it's still incredibly shitty. Uh, You are just as apt to die as a nameless Mm -hmm. person Mm -hmm. as you are, you know. It is is a very... Probably more so because you have you more people like more I guess that see you as a threat versus if you're a peasant just doing your like you're like hey cool I'm I'm milking cows you know versus somebody they could see like as as being used as leverage or a potential threat to get the Iron Throne or whatever yeah, the goal is. I'm gonna throw the perspective of when I was a kid. You know, you hear about fairy tales. You hear about Disney. When you're a little girl, you sometimes want to grow up and be a princess. And let's just say you're a female of a noble house. You don't get to make any decisions for yourself. You're going to get married off for political purposes. You're not going to get to uh, choose your spouse. And as Game of Thrones shows, if you do do that, it's probably going to end really badly for you. Cough. Um... You're going to have to pump out a whole bunch of kids. Heck, you're going to have to pump out a whole bunch of kids if you're a farmer because you're going to need people to work the field. Actually, for noblemen, I mean, you only need to pump out a son or two. For yeah, but that might take a while. You might die a childbirth. It also happens in the show multiple times. Uh, three dark, greedy backstories. And... You have to have knowledge of zigging and zagging. Yes. <laughs> yes. uh, do not um, ever ask for a crown of gold but basically heck there's one character who has to keep marrying multiple people for, to uh, cause political alliances because something keeps happening to the previous person that she's married it's like a revolving door and, and that's just how I go and then you know in, in the later parts of, of the series it's not just the infighting with the people in Westeros it is the incoming uh, undead army that's the the, yes. the crux of it so there, it's just a terrible place <laughs> yeah. and then you've got the assassins kill so yep. to speak I mean uh, there's just constant threats uh, and by the way the, the water sounds you heard were not actually water uh, they were the sound of the blood that falls in audio form whenever anyone talks about Game of Thrones. Oh. <laughs> George R. R. Martin dumping bunts of blood for over twenty years. Because <laughs> anyone, anyone can die. At one point, one character thought he was going to get ahead, but it was oh, literal. God. <laughs> uh, so you know, they see him rolling, but just his head. No, uh, sorry. Uh, but yeah, Game of Thrones is a horribly violent. I thought it was going to be the most violent thing we talked about until Rachel talked about Berserk. So well done, Rachel. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was me. Uh, we we discussed it back and forth. <laughs> well, yeah, Ber- Berserk and also the um, uh, the other really Handmaid's Tale. So we've got yeah. no, 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 Josh. You you were right. Rachel did talk about Berserk. I yeah, just didn't introduce it. Yeah, Ed talked yeah. about it. Yeah, my my goodness. Well, I, I I still stand by it. I bet that somewhere down the line, Martin was a you know exposed to Berserk in some way because I get a lot of the same vibes from it, just on a, a, a this shocking to say this a lesser scale because Berserk <laughs> just amps it up. <clears throat> yeah. Let's see if. Whereas Game of Thrones is a little isn't so dark that it'll turn off people who don't like dark stuff. Berserk is one of those things that will turn those people off. It has a badass theme song. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah, true. All the words are Peter Dinklage. But you know, we did do an entire episode on which death on that show was most memorable. So it's pretty damn dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Matt, is your next choice as dark? I can safely say probably not. I am going to go with Mass Effect. 
Now, the, the Mass Effect universe may seem great because Femshep and Garrus and Garrus and Femshep. And that great Andromeda game I'm hearing about. Yeah. Andromeda is not that bad. It's just, it's it's not what people were expecting because they were expecting a more action-oriented game and Andromeda is more exploration-oriented because, you know, you're not playing Shepard. Now I want to play it because I like exploration games, but do do continue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you were to compare the original Mass Effect trilogy to Star Wars, I would the equivalent for Andromeda would be Star Trek. I'm in. I agree. That, that if you treat it like that, it's actually a pretty good game. But that's not why it's a bad universe. I would assume. No, it's a bad universe because you're probably going to die horribly. Um. <laughs> So the thing with the Mass Effect universe is, you know, the the the, the star of it being Shepard is, oh, he, you know, Shepard is this great hero slash heroine, depending on whether you play uh, Fem Shep or Wrong Shep. Uh, but you're probably going to be a common person, and common people have it fairly rough because, you know, they're doing their little jobs in kind of rough areas. And there's a lot of bad people. And you get treated like crap. And the military has running gun battles through residential areas just with no notice. So, you know, you could be walking down the street and then all of a sudden, oh, here comes the Geth invading a rim world. And, oh, look, here comes some specters just shooting blindly down this hallway that you happen to live in on your space station. There's a lot of ways to die really fast and really unintentionally in that world. And then you bring in the Reapers. Don't fear the Reaper. Oh, you should fear the Reapers. They're, 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 <laughs> they're sentient ships who yeah, I know. let civilizations build up and then destroy them. They're so, yeah, it, very it, frightening. It's not, yeah. It's not like there's one absolutely horrible thing, but it all builds up, and it just it would be a terrible existence to live. Now, I will ask you, and this is a massive spoiler for the beginning of Mass Effect 2, Shepard mm-hmm. dies and is resurrected. Mm-hmm. So is that a possibility within the lore of Mass Effect for, is anybody, could, could they resurrect anybody given the right no. circumstances? Okay, so it was only no. for Shepard. That that was only that was done by a private company under the Lazarus Project. So only that company has that technology, and Shepard is the only time they ever tested it. Plus, it costs a ton of money. Yeah it it would be cheaper to buy a capital ship of the spaceship variety than to set yourself up with one shot with the Lazarus Project. That's interesting. I, I did not realize that it was so prohibitively expensive. I mean, but yeah, that makes sense. The Lazarus? That sounds just like the name of that machine in Casper. <laughs> it's also a title of a Doctor Who episode. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's in the Bible, but you know. The Bible! As Kim Kardashian would say, that's Bible. And, and of course, the uh, the Lazarus pit from Batman cannot be ignored either. Of course. Rachel Ghoul. Or Roz, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Did they ever have a definitive pronunciation of that that name? Because I've heard it both ways. I've heard it both. I've heard it both in official canon. So I I uh, don't know. I, I'm going to say the tiebreaker is that Kevin Conroy's Batman voice pronounces it Raish, and and that's it. That's the end of story. Yeah, fair enough. Kevin Conroy, good enough for me. Fair enough. He wins. Uh, but yeah, I Mass Effect has a lot of potential. Like I, I would. If I were a diplomat in the universe pre-Reapers, where there's the Citadel and humanity is expanding to be with these other species, it feels very Trek. And I think that would be really cool. And Yeah, it, until it, you discover that the entire purpose of the Citadel and the Keepers are as a construct to let the Reapers know when it's time to harvest your civilization. Exactly. It's the same... It's honestly a very similar premise to Alistair Reynolds' Revelation Space trilogy. I won't get into spoilers on that because it's one of the best sci-fi trilogies ever written, and you should read it now! Uh, but, same kind of premise. 
when 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 something gets too technologically advanced, something else comes in and slams them down. Um, like a squish sound. Perfect, perfect timing. Um, but yeah, I mean, my favorite alien race in Mass Effect is actually the one that has to express its like bot its its uh little cues the by Elkhor. saying it. The Elcor, yes. Elkhor. I say sarcastically. I love those guys. Mm-hmm. They're hilarious. I, I I want a whole TV show devoted to the Elcor. It'd be fantastic. It's like when things get misunderstood in text messages. <laughs> uh, so we're we have more picks planned for you, uh, dear listeners. But I think we can save it for the premiere of season four. Uh, but we'll do a few honorable mentions before, after my pick because uh, we're already at a point where it's going to go long. So my last pick for this round of worst universes. Uh, let's see if I can do the song. Welcome to the Fallout, baby. Fallout. Any version of Fallout. Uh, let's go down the reasons why Fallout is a bad universe to live in, shall we? Number one, Death Claws. Uh, <laughs> number two, uh, Rad Scorpions. Uh, yeah, and also Death Claws. Yeah. Number three, Death Claws again. Number four, Walking Outside literally poisons you with radiation. Number five, uh, all the creepy sex uh, that taken over, that's S-E-C, it's S-E-C-T-S, not the others, uh, that uh, rule the place, like the Brotherhood, and uh, there's so many others that are just bad out there. Raiders, you've got ghouls. I mean, it's just bad. Uh, it's very bad. Uh, so, if you're in New Vegas, you are dealing with uh, people who think they're ancient Roman cosplayers who want to kill everybody. Oh, if you're in Fallout awful. 3, you're dealing with a fascist uh, government that's actually by a computer. Oh, spoiler alert. Uh, if you're in uh, Boston, you're dealing with people who have teleportation and basically want to completely wipe out everything because the universe isn't right anymore. So uh, the Institute is not very nice. So... In any event, in Fallout, and if you're in Fallout 1, you're dealing with just the horrible realities of life in a radioactive world. And in Fallout 2, well, it's the only, it's the first game ever where you could actually be a prostitute. So there's something in that. Uh, but there's, there's not enough. Fallout 2 is just as bad. Um, basically anything Fallout is going to be very scary. Even Fallout Shelter, the mobile game. Your people are going to die in horrible ways. Um, it doesn't make the game any less fun to play. I love exploring, and that's why I love the Fallout series, but living in the Fallout universe, I'll take a pass. Has anyone else <laughs> played Fallout and would agree with me on this? Yeah. Yes. I think it's unanimous, right? Yeah. Yes. It's bad. It is, it's mm-hmm. real bad. Uh, but yeah. Same uh, all. Uh, if you would like to live in the Fallout universe, let me know, and I'll get in contact with a prepper. Um... <laughs> 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 Maybe you really like 1940s jazz, and that, that's not a bad genre. Um, but if but let's just imagine if you had to hear Johnny guitar every five minutes. <laughs> Here's my Johnny. Um, I think it's yeah, no. in Fallout Three. My wife, when she played it, she found the street where her grandmother's house would have been. <laughs> it was set in DC. So oh, weird. Real. That's so weird. Well, I went to the National Archives because I've been there, of course, and it's just like. This oh is my so god! Weird. For, I, I want you to know that uh, I recently did a full playthrough of Fallout Three for the first time because I would always like get to Megaton and then just mess around in Megaton, and then something would happen, and I would lose my save data. And I beat the game in thirty-four hours. Mm-hmm. Ten hours of that was trying to get to the National Archives because I couldn't figure out how to get to that middle part of DC. Yep. Yeah. Although I do got to say, it's really weird when you see microfilm readers in the game that are the same as the ones you have in your office. I love technology. (laughs) I I, I may or may not have noticed that and immediately pointed it out. Yeah, me too. (laughs) I heard about that. I was like, I think that's the exact same model we had at the archives. Oh, wait, is this, is this, which, which model is this? Is this the one with the hand crank? Yeah, the the hand crank. The hand crank. crank. The hand crank, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really wish there was a scene in that game where you had to read a microfilm to like get information because I'd have been like, I'm well, so on this. Everybody would quit because nobody knows how to use it. When the radiation destroyed things, 
Not necessarily. Microfilm is very stable. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's stable I'm for 400 sure. years. I'm not, I'm not sure, sure if it's two hours of nukes constantly battering the Earth stable. No. I mean, I'd, I'd be curious to find out. New Mythbusters, get on that. Yeah, yeah, especially if it's inside a vault. There's also a chance that we might actually get to find out. Hooray! So. What what we? By we, I'm assuming you mean like any of our like descendants, right? Yeah. Okay. So you're saying I could be a death claw? Sweet. Uh one way to find out. <laughs> Even baby death claws will mess ruin your freaking day. When I was playing Fallout Four, I it was very early in the game and I get a mission from some from a newspaper that says that there is a museum in Salem, an old witch's museum that you should explore. And I'm like, Oh, this is gonna be awesome. So, it's not the Sanderson house, is it? That would have been better. So, Salem is all the way across the map. I walk there, because you can't fast travel, you haven't been there yet. It takes me a couple of hours. And I died once, had to do it again. So it takes me a long time. I finally get to Salem. I get into the Mitch Museum, and it turns out to be a legendary Deathclaw nest. (laughs) Like, you want it, right? Crap. And I'm dead immediately. Mm. And it takes me all the way back. To Diamond City because I didn't save. Mm. And I'm uh, like, I I'm like, not, not going there again. I wanted to go and let you know you can't be a Deathclaw because Deathclaw are all mutated chameleons. Oh, it's like mole rats or mutated mm. rats. You know. The lizard's revenge. Yeah, pretty much. Lizard people taking over. <laughs> well, that's why I've always said in Fallout I have a um, uh, what is it? The um, a Yagwai. I have a pet Yagwai because they're just a mutated bear. Mm-hmm. Those things are terrifying. I'm just saying, as the reptiles had their day. Mm-hmm. Team mammal, hashtag team mammal. But what? <laughs> uh, so let's do a quick fire round of honorable mentions, and we'll go in the same order. So, Callie, honorable mentions. All right, Pokemon. Um, one sentence as to why, because it seems like it's pretty good. <laughs> okay. All right, Pokemon. Uh, post-apocalyptic. Children running wild in uh, without any parental guide or any parental supervision, and possibly android clones of Officer Jenny and Nurse Joy. Oh wow! I yeah. like it. I-, I can buy into it. All right, um, Ed. The Stephen King shared universe. Yes. You've got sentient killer cars. Uh, you know, va- literal vampires. Vampires that feed off of like life force or shine, uh, you know. There, uh, Jesus. There's uh, telekinetic people. There's it. Uh, aliens. It uh, straight up. Randall the Flag. Su- the super flu in the stand that not- wipes out most of Earth's population. I mean, that alone would put it above Berserk. The aliens and, you know, and Tommyknockers. The Dark Tower itself. If it falls, everything on every plane of existence just ends. I mean, that that Gordon takes it. Norton. Yeah, and, and of course, Jack Torrance. Yep. Uh-huh. Which, he did get his redemption. Yeah, he did. Uh, but yes, great pick. Callie, you already saved your... Already went. So, JP. But just, just to recap, she did say Pokemon. She did, JP. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's mean, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, yes. Um, I would not want to live in the world of my current video gaming obsession, Cuphead. <laughs> <laughs> no. I I want to say first off, I, I, this has been one of the greatest video gaming experiences of my entire life. And I just, today, on this recording day, I beat the devil on expert with a S rank. And I've wow. seen the footage, so he's not lying. There is YouTube footage out there for anyone that demands it. Um... What's your but, YouTube handle, just in case they do demand it? <laughs> I don't. I. I. I'm, I'm on there by my first and last name. I think. Ah. That is uh, Josh Price. For those of you who don't follow at Potatoes of Shame on Twitter. Um. Anywho. Uh, Which everyone should. Yeah. Yes. What? Why I would not want to live in the world of Cuphead is because uh, just a quick and dirty. He made a bad deal with the devil, and now in order to get a possible pardon from the devil. He has to go around to collect soul con- to collect on soul contracts from various members of of Inkwell Isle who owe the devil his soul. 
once these seemingly very nice people are approached by Cuphead, you suddenly see the darkest sides of the people that you once uh, respected greatly, and the entire game is soul-crushingly difficult boss battles faced with these people and their demon dark sides. And so for that reason, I would not want to live in that world just because everybody who I once loved turns out to be a horrible person. Good enough. That sounds pretty bad to me. Colleen? Uh, Gundam Wing. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Mainly because the entire plot centers around, uh, you know, hurling the five space colonies into the planet Earth. Uh, thereby destroying humanity, and only be and all all because the colonies are mad that they don't have independence. Plus, in the movie, there's uh, a child dictator. So uh, that's yep. that's like real life. Sorry. Um, no. Oh, 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 oh. Again, I was trying to unmute my mic so I could say that. Very nice. <laughs> Sorry, uh, oh, Matt. What's your God. honorable mention? Uh, I gotta give it up for Star Wars. Now, Star Wars was mentioned in our pilot of one we want to live in, so why is it one you don't? Well, first of all, it's generally established among our rules that we would not be the heroes, we would just be average folk. Yes. Okay, so you're basically a peasant, no matter where you live, congratulations, and you live under the thumb of, well, first the Republic was okay, and then... Some dumbass Gungan got into the Senate, convinced him to give ultimate power to one dude who turned out to be a Sith Lord. And, oh, wait, he's dead. Okay, well, now it's being run by another Sith Lord using a slightly different name. Exactly. The good guys do not win in Star Wars. No. So basically, The good guys don't even do particularly well in Star Wars. They, 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 they strike these big blows that, in the grand scheme of the galaxy, do not change the balance of power. No. Mm. Yeah, but they sure look pretty. Oh, oh yeah. There, there, there are some really pretty explosions. And if you're lucky, you might get to fly an X-Wing to your death. That's true. Rachel, your honorable mention, please. <sighs> I, I came up with like four things, but I'm going to go out of left field and from a, an anime called Jiko uh, Kusojo or uh, Hellgirl. Uh, it's actually... To, to teal there as much as possible, uh, basically there's a website, and if you go to the website, you type in the name of the person you want to go to hell, uh, they, uh, hell girl shows up with a tiny doll with uh, a red string around it, and whenever you decide to send that person to hell, you pull the string, and they die, and they go to hell. The caveat is you will go to, you die naturally. So it's very much eye for an eye, and to watch these people, very episodic, watch these people decide for petty reasons, strong reasons, that they're literally willing to send somebody to hell, it's very uh, highlight zone, for lack of a better term. And it's just a great, it's a great show, and to know that you could die any time because you looked at somebody wrong in class is just terrifying. Good choice. I've got a couple honorable mentions real quick. Um, the Watchmen, or Watchmen, the graphic novel, for a lot of obvious reasons, but mostly because Richard Nixon is still president. Oh, wait, that probably <laughs> would be okay compared to now. Um, I don't ooh. know about that. <laughs> um, it worked out in Futurama. <laughs> it does. Um... The Hyperion series by Dan Simmons. Super dark, um, super insane. I, I cannot get into the spoilers because you wouldn't believe me. It's not understandable unless you read it. Um, but very, very dark. Very, no, I don't want to live there. Um, a slasher film. Uh, Friday the 13th. The um, Halloween. Uh, Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street. Even The Exorcist. Y- y- anything horror. Saw. Anything horror, just no. Or, or uh, even the scary movie movies, I wouldn't want to live there. No, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> well, then you have the Wayans brothers. Um, so yeah, and, and there's the one where guy with strong hands. Exactly. No. But my yeah. my real honorable mention is the universe we actually live in because it's a simulation. Uh-uh. It is a simulation based uh, on the Doctor Who episode. Yeah. Well, according to Elon Musk and several other techno uh, futurists. 
The universe that we live in is actually a simulation. There is a lot of science behind it, but basically they say that there's computer programs and eventually if you get to a program that can create virtual reality, it, this has got to be a simulation based on probability. So if so they're they, right, we are in fact living in a fictional universe that we probably don't want to live in. So they watched the 1990 film, 1999 film The Matrix, got it. Pretty much, but there's actually some science to it. I don't say I buy into it, but I thought I'd give you some food for thought. Man, if somebody's writing this, they need to get their crap together. I need a better outcome here. It's like that South Park episode canceled. for thought. Does it taste like tacos? Yes, it tastes like a taco that poops ice cream, based on the South Park episode canceled. Ooh. Uh, I know what I'm having for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Olay. For tacos? (laughs) <laughs> so it's now time for all of us to think back to all parts part one part two and pick our universe that is the worst to live in callie start us off uh it can be one of yours or it can be somebody else or it can be one you haven't talked about yet but what is the worst to live in the worst i'm going to go with the handmaid's tale because it's so eerily close to so many things happening now, and to me, it's the one that's actually reason could to actually happen. And in a scary and it's way, terrifying. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good pick. Uh, our next Ed, what's your most uh, frightening or worst universe? I, I, you know, I know I only touched on it briefly. I'd say the Stephen King shared universe is probably the worst. Yeah, that that one's pretty bad. It's pretty dark. It's got the it factor. It certainly, <laughs> it certainly does. Uh, and next, I go to JP. Uh, I uh, like Ed. I also saved my best for last. I just don't think I want to live in a world where my entire childhood gets disillusioned uh, and over the course of uh, three days. So uh, yeah, I think I'd at least like to live in the Cuphead universe. I can see that, uh, Rachel. Uh, well, I was going to go with Maid's Tale, but uh, I got to go with Berserk. I've read the manga. <laughs> There's so many freaking chapters. It's so amazing, but not for everybody. And yeah, I would be way, 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 way worse off in Berserk than I would in Maid's Tale, we, which says something. We really cannot put enough disclaimers in front of Berserk there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Colleen. So I'm torn between two. Um, either Berserk, because um, it just sounds absolutely awful, and harassed by demons is like very much unfun. Uh, and Groundhog Day, uh, especially in the situation where it is for infinity, you know, like it's not like you have to, you know, keep trying until it's perfect outcome. So it's like you're living the same day, just just for infinity. It's because of the lack of lack of control, I guess. So I'm torn between those two. Those are both. I mean, when you put Groundhog Day like that, it becomes a horror film. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, Matt. I'm honestly going to have to give it to Berserk. <laughs> it, uh, for me, it narrowly edges out Handmaid, Handmaid, Handmaid's Tale because Handmaid's Tale, I think the most horrific thing about it is looking at how easily it could actually happen. At least there's a resistance. Yeah. True. But Berserk is just like some other level holy going on constantly so i got i gotta give it to preserve the main the main character earns the the moniker of the struggler for a reason you know i haven't seen berserk so i i can't in good conscience although i think that it's really awful from what the description is um handmaid's tale same thing i haven't seen it yet but i'm pretty sure it's awful but i guess i'm going to give mine to game of thrones it's incredibly dark and I don't like medieval either. I agree with Colleen on that. Anything medieval, I'd be out of place. So both in terms of the normal day-to-day life, it would suck. And all the threats of death would suck. So in any event, my life would be a living hell in the Game of Thrones universe. By the way, I should mention one of my other honorable mentions that I didn't say is Hunger Games, which is also one that I think would be really bad to live in. Um, And what it's based off of, Battle Royale. Exactly. Battle Royale is, is just horrible. And Mad Max as well. Uh, and thank you, Ed, for mentioning that one. Um, but... Alice in Wonderland would be a nice one. Or yes. a horrible one. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'd also say tales. Once Upon a Time because you get caught in the same curse over and over and over and over <laughs> and over again. 
So basically, mm-hmm. Groundhog Day with fairy tales. Uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, but yes, yeah, so we have our winners. Uh, so thank you all, panel. Woo! Yeah. We have universes we don't want to live in. So this is going to be a big season for us, guys. My co-host, good friend, and killer of Gungans, Matt, will dispatch of Jar Jar. He's done it in so many fantastic ways. And now it is that time. Matt, kill the Gungan! Well, Josh, you know, so, something I forgot to mention when when saying I wouldn't want to live in the Star Wars universe, really the worst thing about it is that in the Star Wars universe, I'd only be able to kill Jar Jar Binks once. But this is the big nerdy questions universe, where we get to kill him every episode. So today, our poor, poor Gungan got lost in University City and wandered his way onto the set of a Michael Bay film just oh, before action was yelled and everything exploded. <laughs> well, at least Jar Jar got to go out in a blaze of glory. <laughs> well, not so much glory, but okay, blaze. well, a blaze. a blaze. Pyro. So he got to meet Shia LaBeouf. He hasn't oh, been what? in the movie. <laughs> he hasn't <laughs> been in those films in like seven years now. I know. I know. I believe the kids would say, "Got him." Wow. (laughs) So Jar Jar is dead by special effects and Michael Bay films, another universe we don't want to live in. Also Uh, dead by special effects. (laughs) Uh, Fun fun fact though, uh, Michael Bay actually tries to use practical effects whenever possible for explosions. That's why they always look good at the very least. Yeah, because they're usually real explosions. Yeah, the explosions look good, the script doesn't. He's a good cinematographer. If he was just brought on just to do the the, sh- the action shots on a pr- uh, product, it would be better. But <laughs> so a like film by Quentin, T- Quentin Tarantino directing Michael Bay cinematography. Oh God! <laughs> you know what? I'm behind it. Let's. That's actually the next it. Star Trek film. I'm not I joking. Watch it. But on that, that R-rated note, Trek film with Tarantino. I've it's been coming. About that. It's coming. But on hey. that note, Callie, please play that sound effect one more time. Good night, yes. everybody. We'll see you next time.